0: Nerd alert, nerd alert. It's almost time for season 2 of our nerdiest thing coming in March 2023. We will be reading Jennifer L. Armentrout's From Blood and Ash and as always, we are spoiler friendly. So, get to reading. I'm Whitney, I'm Mindy, and I'm Deb. We're three best friends who love nerdy
1: things. Well, some people think we're nerdy, but we think we're pretty awesome. This is our nerdiest
0: thing. This season, we are discussing A Court of Thorns and Roses and all of Sarah J. Mass's books. We are spoiler friendly, so listen at your own risk. Hello, fellow nerds. Welcome to our nerdiest thing. Today, we're talking about A Court of Thorns and Roses, chapters 36, 37, and 38. And to get started, we're going to do our nerdiest recap, Mindy. Can you spin the wheel? I The wheel has
1: been spun, and Ooh. we have a winner, and it's Deb. All right, Whitney, tell me when I'm ready. Ready
0: and go.
1: Okay, so favor gets taken into the first trials against the worm, W-Y-R-M, and uh, she figures out really quickly that it's blind, so she covers herself in mud and creates like this little like spiky pit for the worm and makes herself bleed, and it chases her, and she goes into the pit, and then it dies. And the best part is she throws a bone at Amarantha like a javelin, and mud gets all over her. In the meantime, she breaks her arm while she's fighting the worm. Oh, crap. And then Resan comes and heals her and gives her a bargain, and then she has to sit within one week a month <laughs> <laughs> that sucked <laughs> sorry you no know, there's a lot that happens yeah, we were talking what, about that earlier yeah. these chapters are jam-packed
0: it's really hard to do 30 seconds of the last section of, of the, the countdown
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean i feel like 30 seconds sounds like forever but it's it really not. is two sentences
0: yeah i remember one. i i have no re- understanding of time and when I'm talking about something I really am into like this, I remember I gave a book report in high school and it was supposed to be like five to seven minutes. And when I finished, I looked at the clock and I had talked for 25 so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and your teachers back there. Do you remember the wrap it up box by Dave Chappelle? She, wrap it up, yo.
0: She didn't do that. She just let me keep talking. And
2: see, I was the kid that it was like it had to be five to seven minutes, and I got to four, and I'm like, shit, I gotta
0: stretch it out, <laughs> be like my way through. So uh, yeah, it was bad news bears for me. But that's okay. <laughs> Mindy, will you
2: do our nerdiest vocabulary? I would love to. Before I get into the actual word or name as it is that i'm gonna talk about i had a revelation about something that we've talked about here on the podcast before and it's word related so i thought i would throw it in here so this whole time i've been saying definitely that ff was freshly fucked and is it not that no way hang on (laughs) and that it was something that everybody knew about obviously
1: no, uh, just you and your raunchy-ass husband.
2: Well, apparently so, because I was talking to Darren
1: about it. He goes, men, we made that up. Yeah. <laughs> so we we know if it becomes a thing that started here oh, uh, on our nerdiest yes. thing. Uh, TM, uh, trademark, uh, FF. FF, yeah. yeah. You guys made that up?
2: Apparently <laughs> so. I, I re- I'm like... It's one of those things, okay, you know how so, something like just becomes such a part of your life that yeah. you think it's just always been there?
1: Mm-hmm. Apparently. Mm-hmm. So now not. everyone you looked at, including me, that you went, you don't know you don't what FF F- is. God,
2: you all <laughs> stupid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you were so judgmental. You opinion. don't know
2: anything about mine and Darren's <laughs>
0: inside joke.
2: <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> so I anyway, love that. <laughs> I thought I would clear the air on that. I decided to, because he's such a prominent character in these chapters, I wanted to do a little research on the name Resand. Mm-hmm. Um, so is he in the urban dictionary as b d e Oh, just wait, oh, great. just you wait <laughs> so it's a it's a name that's of Welsh origin, and in English it means enthusiasm mm-hmm. I know
1: um, I'd and- rather it means stamina. <laughs> <laughs> they could go together. I <laughs> know, um, some people are too enthusiastic, you know what I'm saying. <laughs>
2: The name um, often gets shortened to Reese, obviously, and which that means ardent or fire, or mm-hmm. it can mean passion or enthusiasm. I thought it was very appropriate. It um, but the Akatar wiki says that it means perfection bringer of darkness. Mm-hmm. So those were little interesting tidbits. But then, of course, I had to go to the Urban Dictionary and they had a lot to say about the name Reese and some of it not flattering. Buckle up because this is fun. So, the first entry in the Urban Dictionary says that Resan means the hottest Fae to ever exist. <laughs> okay. Agreed. It is said his dick size can be determined by his wingspan. Mm-hmm. He is a feminist and the perfect one for Feyre. Fuck Tamlin. <laughs> 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 he is also known by these names Prick, Wall Fucker, Liquor of Curse Breaker, Table and Paint Fucker. I don't know who named him that,
0: but. Liquor of the Curse Breaker? breaker oh my gosh. I, right? Well, I he mean, does, he, he does feast a lot. Yeah, but that feels like a like somebody's trying to make it an insult.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah, it does. Uh, this one insult. is actually pretty well, somewhat positive. It, it takes a turn. So, still in that same um, entry, he is the inventor of feminism and creator of the Me Too movement. <laughs> <laughs> He has oh. the biggest wingspan in Faye Dick, which
0: I don't think he does. Didn't no, they say as that? That's what more and more in favor say. Oh,
2: which was how he was able to get notice of favor from the pile of shit Tamlin. Mm. <laughs> so and then the last bit of their entry says his titles are High Lord of the Night Court, Rice male. I don't know what that means, Our Feminist King, in quotes, <laughs> Reese's Pieces, and Sex Offender number 3756056 on the National Sex Offender Re- Registry. What? right <laughs> That's so I guess, weird. Cause he's like what? 500
1: years old and Pharaoh's 19 like maybe or that he was someone's horror for 50 years
0: yeah maybe well, that should put Amarantha on the registry <laughs> right Not yeah then. she would
1: be on the
2: registry right. anyway I thought that was interesting they get better I, I object to this I know. they actually get better this one says he is 6'3 in height and 14'3 in dicklink. <laughs> oh, wow. He has numerous angst black tattoos that your niece will one day get on her knee. <laughs> oh. So specific stuff happened to this family. Apparently,
1: he has night <laughs> mad grandfather's writing this
2: <laughs> He has night black hair and star-filled violet eyes, being the genetic demon child of Marilyn Manson and Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> 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 Reese's most notable feature is his Illyrian wingspan.
0: Mm. Okay. So that one. I realize I've, I've gone. Mm, to several, <laughs> several of the things you've said.
2: Okay. Now this one takes a real. Uh, this person clearly
1: um, doesn't like. They're the one Tamlin fan in all the groups. It's like, <laughs> let's give him the benefit of the doubt. No, they, they clearly have a problem with
2: the age difference. So they say a 536 year old pedophile with a fairy peen. <laughs> Rhysand is known for his most notable achievements of murdering teenager girls, sexually harassing teenage girls, sexually assaulting teenage girls, regularly assaulting teenage girls, and somehow being the wet dreams of millions of teen girls and 33-year-old virgin white women worldwide. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, okay first of all i have a n-
1: lot to say okay, well, uh, we <laughs> do say, not condone this. i do want to say like yes Farah is 19 but she is of legal age yeah it's when you say teen it makes it sound like she's 15 and she's not well i'm yeah. just saying clearly somewhere out there somebody has a problem with this um
2: Age difference but that I'm
0: like get over it like... we're
2: in a different world it's not like we're
0: in America that, it's make believe that sounds like it was written by a guy who got dumped by a girl who really loves these books
1: <laughs> you know what I mean or like, she was like Rhysand
0: does more to me in this book than you can in, in real, real life, life yeah. Yes. yeah he definitely is. That, get better at yeah. sex bro I mean that's just factually incorrect those <laughs> assertions I, I'm i getting too worked up about this for being just like an urban dictionary <laughs> <laughs> Entry about
2: a fictional character fictional character. Yeah, I was gonna say this is other people's
0: opinions and um And they're wrong. And
2: they're wrong. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, maybe that was the only ones I think that were in there, so maybe we need to go back and like put some more positive vibes in there
1: for poor Reese. Yeah. I wanna know if the Cassian one talks about the Pringles can. <laughs> if you could oh if you God. could find if you could report back on that next uh, week that okay. would be great
0: <laughs> i don't even know what to say <laughs> I, I don't think you would be saying anything <laughs> what is it in silver flames it's like nesta's mouth dries out immediately like oh uh-huh. no oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no don't keep going <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so at the beginning of this section, Feyre is being brought to her first trial, right? And she has no idea what to expect. She hasn't been told anything about these except that Amarantha expects her to die, right? Because in the last section, she said, I hope there's something left for you for me to mess with. And she knows that it's a full moon. So she walks into this room, which I thought was interesting. She says it was hewn from the rock, which made me think of the hewn city in the oh, court of yeah. nightmares. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if there's a room like this or like an arena like this somewhere in the oh. court of nightmares. Cause I don't think we see anything like it that. It would make
1: sense that there's an arena in the court of nightmares. Yeah, right. totally. Um, I think it's
2: interesting too, that they walk her in and she, she makes a point to say that she's not shackled. She's not, you know, they they find her so. Oh, they're mocking her the whole oh, time. time. They're like, like what's yeah, the point? Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, that that's rough to know. There, it's not even worth trying to right. subdue me. Cause yeah. what am I going to do? Yeah. yeah. Like I'm completely powerless. Um, I am so interested. She talks about all these high fae who are so excited to watch this. And I'm like, okay, I need names. <laughs> I need courts. Like who exactly? Cause I can, Whose imagine, ass are you going to go kick? Right. Well, I can imagine that like Baron, right. The high Lord of oh, the autumn sure. court and his kids, well, at least all a the few high lords of them are there. Right. Well, but not all of them look excited. True. Right. Like some of them, she's talking about people that are like thrilled about it. And I'm just I want names and locations. Um, Tamlin is given a place of honor next to Amarantha on this dais while the other high lords are all standing around it. Um, and it, she mentions, Feyre mentions that Amarantha has her hand on Tamlin's knee. Uh, and she says Amarantha basically says Resand told her. That Fayra was a huntress, which I thought was really interesting because I can almost so she said basically, Rhysane told me that you're a hun- a huntress, so I'm giving you something to hunt, right? Like that's gonna be your first try. I had
2: a question about that. How does he find out she's a huntress?
0: Well, he got in her mind the second time he came to Spring Court. But,
2: I mean, I guess he could have. It just I thought he was really just ruminguring about Tamlin,
0: but I mean, he would have been able to see that she hunted though. Right. True, and guess. also, he... I just thought that was it.
2: Cause she was, cause she actually specifically thought about that
1: and said, yeah. Oh, did he get that out of my mind
0: or, well, he's been having, I mean, Amarantha doesn't know this, but he's been having dreams True. and like visions of her.
1: But how do we know Reese told her maybe Tamlin was like, she hunts wild. Well, she knows that she had to kill that wolf. I so yeah yeah, but maybe Tamlin was like she'll kick your ass bro
2: and (laughs) she's a hunter I'm pretty sure that she said I um wrote down that Amarantha says that Rhysand told her Pharaoh was a huntress. yeah
0: it's on well it's in here Rhysand tells me you're a huntress I guess I uh,
2: I guess you're supposed to assume that
0: he got it out of her her mind yeah
2: I I just thought it was interesting that she specifically like mulled that over in her mind and I'm like and that kind of made me think well how do we know how did he know that
0: I think that he probably either... I mean, either way, he would say... Well, I went into her mind when I was true, there true. the second time I went to the spring court, right? Yeah. Um, but he may have seen it in his dreams or whatever. But I just thought it was interesting because I could absolutely see... We don't get to see this conversation, right? We don't get to see Resand telling her this. We just know that it happened. And I can absolutely see Resand downplaying it, downplaying her skill, downplaying... Right. I mean, what she's she just a actually, human. Yes. She hunts,
2: but it's nothing. Knowing
0: yeah. that... Amarantha's going to take this information about Feyre and use it somehow against her in these trials. Right. right. So I just, it, my head cannon is that he downplayed her skills knowing that she was probably going to get a trial where she could use those skills well, and yeah, give her the best she chance. She is the only great. one
1: that bet that she would win. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. The only one. So, you know, what's interesting is that um, Sarah J. Mass could have spent a bunch of time writing how, terrifying the pit was before she before the fight with the worm actually starts she could have spent a bunch of time writing that she could have spent a bunch of time describing more about like Amarantha's like point of view but instead um, all she does very cleverly is go Amarantha goes Run, oh, yeah. I know. yeah, and it literally makes your stomach drop. Yeah, it was such so a simple. Semi- it was blood curdling for me. Yeah. I mean, it made my skin crawl. I was like, "Ooh." It's such a simple way yeah. to make the reader get scared for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To have someone that evil look at you and go,
0: "Bitch, you better run." Yeah. That I didn't. I didn't like that. <laughs> um The only thing that the only other thing that I p- noticed before it all starts with the worm um, is Tamlin doesn't show any kind of emotion at all. Like even, you know, the adder picks her up and drops her into this pit, right? And he doesn't show any emotion even then where I'm like... I think it's clear at the end of the trial that he was like really worried about her, right? Or at least she thinks that he is. I mean, we'll he, get there. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get there. I'm De- glaring. Dev is the, already making faces. Or Whitney. <laughs> I'm like,
1: no, he did not. I actually have something to say about that too. That oh, I, talk I think
0: about. I think that there's some evidence that he was concerned about her. However. It doesn't make any sense to me if you if you see this human girl that you're supposed to love that you think is probably going to her death right now getting dropped into this pit, you can't give her anything. Well, especially when you find out later that he begged. Well, that's for what I was Lucian. just about to say. Oh, I'll, just, yeah. I'll just jump yeah. ahead. I to have. That. No, I, I wrote down red flags. I'm all like caps. you can you scream
1: mad. for Lucian's life, but if she's getting dropped into a pit with a man eating worm that eats
0: you cattle, can't do anything. Yep. Yeah, you don't say anything. anything. There was. mm -hmm. maybe he's in love with Lucian. (laughs) (laughs) It would make a lot of sense. (laughs) He, he fights way more for Lucian than he does.
1: Tamshin. It's
0: a thing. Tamshin. (laughs) Hashtag. I ship it.
1: I like, I like, uh, Lulin instead. I don't want to start with Tamlin. (laughs)
0: Lulin. Lulin. I like that. I like that. But no, I wrote that down too. Like he begs for Lucian's life. And cause Rhysand says something like, you know, he, he stopped the silent treatment so that he yeah. could beg for Lucian. Yeah. And I'm like, that is really crappy. And you know Rhysand told her that on purpose. I wrote oh, down yeah. the same thing. Like, yeah. he's he's nonchalantly like, oh yeah, he can beg for somebody. Because doesn't
1: know why he's jealous yet, but he's definitely jealous.
0: Oh, I think he knows why he's jealous.
1: Well, the mating bond hasn't I think, snapped
0: yet. No, but he already is, he has already been suspecting that she is his mate. And so he's purposefully he's purposefully trying to keep his distance so that I, I think it's so that the mating brawn doesn't snap into place because then he won't be able to hide it as, as well, you know, right. As good as, as well,
1: as well as he did it's as well. well as he did. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, on our website, it says that Whitney's the grammar nerd, <laughs> our If you'd like to learn more,
0: uh, well, Mindy, I know you wanted to talk about, some stuff before we really get into what happens with the Yeah. Water.
1: As I was reading this,
2: even even as they're walking her in and she's describing how all these people, all these Fae are excited about this and there's flashing money around, it really struck me that it's it reminded me a lot of like gladiator trials and things that like I don't know I didn't know a whole lot about them, but I learned quite a bit. And uh, but I thought it just to me it was very reminiscent of that. So I wanted to look in a little bit about what might be similar to the these gladiator trials. So in ancient Rome, a gladiator would be a person, often a slave or captive, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Who was armed with a sword or other weapon and compelled to fight to the death in a public arena against another person or a wild animal for the entertainment of spectators. And that's like the definition like the basic definition of it.
1: Can we also talk about though like every fantasy book right now is kind of doing this and I I want to point out Sarah J Mass did this what eight years ago. Mm -hmm. So like um, Savage Lands does it. She also does that in Throne of Glass to be honest. Um, I'm reading. Oh she does. I remember when they have the like they're fighting to be the the main person. Right. Yeah. 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 And so like a lot of fantasy authors are kind of using that quote unquote trope of like the gladiator. gladiator. Right. Yeah. It's very interesting. And
2: I definitely, there's a lot out there and I will not do it justice. So anybody who's like a gladiator connoisseur,
1: (laughs) you know what I say? Fuck
2: you, get your own podcast. (laughs) But I do feel like we often kind of assume that a gladiator is someone who's trained to fight and, trying to fight whatever they're fighting. So it's
1: because we're all thinking of Russell Crowe. <laughs> just about to say, I think of Russell Crowe. I think uh, I right. probably know gladiators looked like that. They probably all looked like ferreted, right? Yeah. Skinny and tiny. And in Roman times, it, a lot of it was that. Like they
2: would start, it started a lot uh, smaller than it ended up. And it ended up being this big, it was a very political, it was very. Um, lavish and it was a money making and a social scheme. I mean, it was, there's so much tied to the gladiator fights, but um, there weren't all like that. There's actually quite a hierarchy of gladiators, which I had no idea. But um, in reality, most of them were usually slaves or criminals and sometimes Christians. There was a point where they would put these Christians in um, as punishment who were socially marginalized and segregated even in death. So like they were not allowed like, the kinds of like burials and funerals that other people had. And it did say that a lot of, a lot of people think it originated this whole gladiators culture originated at funerals where they would have these two people fight to the death as like a tribute to the dead person. It was really weird.
0: That feels inappropriate. It (laughs) does. (laughs)
1: Please don't do that at my (laughs) funeral. Mindy and I'll fight to the death. No, don't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but these these gladiators and fighters,
2: they actually were um, a huge part of politics and social life, but their value laid only in their ability to entertain the spectators. So a lot of gladiators, the ones that are officially called gladiators were trained um, and like people would sponsor them. And it was, it felt very Hunger Games-ish to me too also where they would be sponsored and they would like learn, they would, other people would train them and stuff like that. And that was their fighter. Um, but this, in Akatar, where she fights the worm, feels a little bit different because she's not fighting another person; she's fighting a beast. And so, actually, in this extensive list of different types of gladiators, which I'm not going to go into, I mean, I'm, there's like 25 of them. Um, they're the ones that fought another human opponent are officially gladiators. The ones who fought beasts and animals are often mistakenly called glanimal- glanimals. <laughs>
1: glanimals. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, that's my new word. Uh, but are gladiators. But they are actually called bestiari. Which the singular best bestiari. Oh, I didn't look up the pronunciation. I was about to say what happened. Sorry. <laughs> the singular is bestiarius. So. Um, these were considered the lowest ranking of any of the fighters. And often they got, they didn't wear any armor and were not given really anything to fight with, which we see Feyre gets nothing. She gets thrown in there with nothing but her wits about, you know, like she doesn't have a, any kind of weapon or anything. So that, that was interesting. Um, And then often these beast fights were called damnatio ad bestias, which means condemnation of beasts. And it served as both a form of execution and entertainment. So like if these criminals or slaves or whatever were going to be executed, they would do one of these elaborate things. Make a show of it. And make a show of it.
1: Right. Because they're not surviving a lion. No. Right. And
2: interestingly enough, they did. they, They used lions a lot. They used bears, leopards, and tigers. So Lions, and tigers, and bears. <laughs> oh, my. I was about to do the
1: same exact thing. I was like, please, 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 please say it.
2: <laughs> so uh, there was often gambling involved also, as we saw in this scene with Thayra. Um, and then the Roman gladiator ex- exhibitions were usually accompanied by fanfare, which she didn't really have that when she walked in. Like, apparently they would have all these, like, it would be like this big procession when you walked in and they would have, and I thought this was funny. I included it. There was a procession into the arena and there were presence of musicians such as, and this is what they're called. Ursus Tibison, which is a flute playing bear. (laughs) And, and Polis Cornison, a horn blowing chicken.
0: Okay. So which one is more embarrassing, a horn blowing chicken or a fiddle playing? No,
1: flute. (laughs)
0: Tamlin be, 100%. A
1: Tamlin's <laughs> more embarrassing, but I would be more impressed by the chicken. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which wow. one? Now, now is the horn playing chicken hotter than a Fiddle playing Fay? Mm.
0: That's tough. Yeah, that is tough. <laughs> that's a
1: tough. Call. Still too close to call. Uh, yeah, you guys. that's a, that's <laughs> a close call. Horn playing chicken or Fiddle playing Fay? Which one if makes it's a you horny? horn
0: playing Tamlin. That does not do it for me.
1: But if it's another thing, what if Reese picked Even
0: if his uh, cuffs rolled up, anything. Reese can play my fiddle.
1: (laughs) So so let me ask you this. He can cob my corn, (laughs) he can FF me. (laughs) Um, So even if Tamlin's. Okay, just to speak in Sarah J. Mass talk, <laughs> even if Tamlin's sleeve cuffs were rolled up to his elbows mm. and his shirt was unbuttoned twice to show off his you, sculpted bronze chest, do you think Tamlin <laughs> in his
2: regular, his
0: human looking form was hairy, had no, a hairy chest? Not at all. You don't think so? No. I think about Tamlin, I envision him as being kind of boyish. Looking, yeah. You
1: oh, know? see, I've because he's like looked, with muzzles, but yeah. like I don't like envision him. An having an adult, I picture but him like as a baby face because like, you know? he has this beast
2: form. I always <laughs> picture him as really hairy. <laughs> well, I
1: want to. I want to talk about it in a little bit when Reese shifts partly in front of her yeah. because I started. I was wondering, like, can they shift into whatever they want? Because I, I, don't, too. I, I don't
0: think they can.
1: Oh, okay, but yeah, I I always pictured him as like swimmer smooth. Okay. Only because I don't like a lot of body hair either.
0: So. See, I'm the opposite.
1: You like some body hair? I do. I think, what about you, I Mindy? I think it's very manly. Well, Mindy, I think you have to say you like <laughs> <that>. I do. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just leave it at that. But yes, I do. And she's like,
0: my type is Darren. <laughs>
1: the
0: end. 100%. <laughs> Sorry, I veered, I veered us
2: way <laughs> That's off okay. course okay. I was there. actually done. All I wanted to say was that the bouts would have only lasted like 10 or 15 minutes, which is interesting because I last longer than I would have thought. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because this was this section was very detailed in what she was doing and what she was planning. And I feel like it lasted a lot longer than that for her oh, yeah i think so um, especially too. since she was in the pit like working through stuff but um and then finally the they the everything declined in the fifth century and eventually died out completely and like we don't really have that stuff anymore so it was just interesting i thought it felt very roman gladiator um the whole scene of it because they had all the people watching and then there was the fairies that were flying over her and basically like telling them what was going on like if they
1: couldn't see and then <laughs> it makes me think of um uh what's the game they play on
0: uh harry potter quidditch, quidditch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then over here we got fairy covering herself in worm shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: it's funny because i totally see the parallels but i would not have ever thought about gladiators in this context of like making well because we usually
2: because really we usually think that it's somebody who's a warrior and somebody who's like they, they're they're doing that because they want to, and that's what it's usually depicted as, but in general, it's not, which is I yeah. thought was interesting.
0: Yeah, no, I think that the worm fight, you know, the first trial, I think it probably lasted a long time too. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I mean, we don't have to get into like, she every had to have enough time to, to, to put it. all those
1: bone spikes yes, in, right? Yes.
0: I think it took a long time, and I just kept writing down, like, she, Fabra, is so smart like she's so street smart and i was thinking about it well and and i'm like you know even think all the way through all the books that have been written up to this point all the way through silver flames i cannot think of a single human character that i think would be able to survive that first trial like she did i don't think anybody could as a human right right I think she's like, it was like uniquely situated just for her. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And the uh, one thing that I wrote down, just an unanswerable question, but when she was trying to climb out of the pit that, that had all the bones in it for the first time. And one of the fairies is like making fun of her and is like, you need a stool. And that gives her the idea Mm -hmm. to make the ladder with the bones. mm -hmm. I want, I'm like, who was that? that said that. Was someone helping her? Yes, like were they trying well, to be because helpful? because she
1: does get help two other times. So yeah. at one point, resand confirms for her verbally that it can't see.
0: Yep. Right? Yeah. She's
1: like, oh, Feyre, or he says, Feyre has figured out that it relies on scent." she made herself Very, invisible. Like he, he, wouldn't have normally said that as loud as he would have needed to for her to hear that, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, when she looks up at him, his eyes twinkle. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Lucian, who, once she has set the trap, screams for her that the worm has kind of circled around her and is coming the other way, right? right? And so she does have help. That is interesting thinking about who that might have been, right? Yeah.
0: And w- the. Uh, w- the other time I wrote down who is this is when it was talking about the blue skinned fairies that were throwing like body parts mm-hmm. to the worm. I'm like, who is that that they're throwing in there? Like, what happened? What's that story? Ooh, yeah, I wish I would love a bonus chapter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> was like, it Darren? Because they said it was a hairy arm. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Darren. I'm glad he doesn't listen to this. Wah, wah. Um, you said you think body hair
2: sexy. Well, I don't want him to feel um. Singled out.
1: <laughs> yes. I talk <laughs> or, I talk about my husband all the time. <laughs> I don't want him to feel self conscious about it. And Stop growing hair. How dare you? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I wrote down too when she that moment you're talking about Deb with Resand, where he says, you know, the worm is blind, it uses its sense of smell and she just made herself invisible. I wrote down she painted herself and that ultimately saved her life. Right. Oh, yeah, like that's cool. painting in a really rudimentary way. Right. But that piece of her that is so vital to being herself and being like a whole person played a very instrumental part of surviving this first trial, which I thought was a really cool detail.
2: I loved that moment too, because it really showed where Reese was kind of, Realizing her cunning and mm-hmm. and really appreciating it, and then she flips
0: him off. I wrote that down too. Like, <laughs> no, she... I'm sorry, it was vulgar gesture. Yeah, she makes the vulgar gesture, and well, I mean, she didn't grab her crotch. She flipped him off. <laughs> well, she <laughs> <might have. Yeah. laughs> Maybe she like kept it.
1: like yeah, because he does tell her later she has balls. <laughs> that well, is true.
0: I, I wrote down like she does that, and I just think it's funny because she's like you know f you, and he's just admiring like in his yeah. own head like she's so amazing. What like...
1: what does Nick say on Mean girl, he's like, stop being mean to me, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna, fall, gonna fall in love with in you. Love with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, I, my favorite part of this entire chapter is essentially whenever Feyre it gets like a little meta because all of a sudden Feyre is attacking people outside the ring right mm-hmm. so she takes this bone that she strapped across her back on purpose so as she's laying all these bone spikes in this pit she's thinking you know what I think I'm gonna throw this fucking bone at Amarantha when I'm done <laughs> so she takes this bone that she has broken across her knee and hurls at (laughs) hurls it at Amarantha like a javelin, which I think is so badass. Oh, yeah. I love it. That was one of my favorite parts. I feel like purposely doesn't hit her so that she can get her muddy because it's a bigger insult to do that, right? Yeah. And it talks about how like her knuckles were turning white from gripping the throne. She was no longer touching. It says, my Tamlin. Mm -hmm. And like, I just thought that was so awesome. And you already talked about Hunger Games. It reminds me of when Katniss, shoot, the uh apple in the pig's mouth yes. whenever yes. she is like essentially to trying out for the judges. judges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and I I really love that. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, it was really cool.
0: I love that too and just wanted to throw in from chapter 55 actually um from a court of mist and fury she and resand have already had the whole conversation about like, you know, you're my mate, whatever. And Rhysanne tells her that that moment when she throws that bone at Amarantha is when he fell in love with her. And he says, I heard Cassian's voice. Like if you don't marry her, you stupid prick, I'm going to, (laughs) (laughs) he says like, you reminded me of Cassian. Like I, I felt like, like you belonged with me. yeah Right. And I just think that's really sweet.
2: Can we talk a little bit about the Middengard worm and like what it looks like? Because there's a lot of memes and things that go around that are like, what I thought the Middengard G- Mid- worm looked like. And it's like the one from SpongeBob or yeah, the Beetlejuice worm.
0: Like an earthworm. Yeah.
2: That Beetlejuice worm's kind of terrifying it is it's kinda still on its own. But then, and then it's like, what it actually looks like. And it's interesting because then it made me think, is there any lore about worms? And mm-hmm. there's not a ton out there, but all the lore says basically they're dragons. Hmm. But they're legless dragons, so they they look like a snake or a worm or, you know, they don't have any appendages. So
1: they're they're very reptilian.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was just really interesting. Plus, then it talks about the different rows of teeth, which reminded me of the Leviathan in Supernatural. Yes, that's so what I thought of, too. it freaked me out. I, once I started thinking about it that way, I'm like, okay, this worm is scary as shit. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it does. And I want to know, like, how... Because, I mean... It was eating cattle, and it's not a snake technically, so it's not like it's constricting cattle, right? So it's gotta have, it's gotta be wider than it's a cow. It's got a big old mouth, yeah, right. Which you know is gonna take our Mindy. How tall are you? 5'8"? Five, five, oh yeah, five seven, five eight. So for me being like five one and a half, like it could open its mouth and eat me in one bite, literally.
2: That's terrifying to think yeah. about.
0: It is.
1: Yeah. I'm going to sleep
0: so good. I was going <laughs> to say, I don't like that. I was thinking, where? how'd y'all get that in there? <laughs> like, where'd that worm come from? That's what she said. <laughs> I was like, I got to say it first. <laughs> That was my biggest thing. I, I need a bonus chapter for who the blue fairies were throwing into the pit. Mm-hmm. And also, how did you all get the worm <laughs> into the so, mountain?
1: So um, what is the creature that's under the library that Cassian is so terrified of? What's its name? Uh, Bryaxis. Bryaxis. Because Bryax. I always want to say Abraxas, uh, and that's Manon's yeah. dragon yeah. guy or whatever. But um, I'm like, maybe it's him. And he like slithers back to under the library. <laughs> that would explain why Cassie is so fucking terrified of him. I know, and Feyre goes down and she's like, oh, you want a window? No yeah. problem. <laughs>
0: she's like, I've already killed one of your brethren. Help me, please. <laughs> Help me. I need a window. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Let's talk about Tamlin um, because at the end of Trial 1, Farah looks at Tamlin and he is deathly pale with bright eyes and the ghost of triumph on his face. So I feel like that could also mean he needs to poop.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever been sweating and pale because you need to poop? And like, you've got like a grimace on your face. It's called (laughs) a constipated smile. I think he just had to poop. He's a piece of shit.
2: I I think this, I mean, I think this was the last ditch. (laughs) Like for me, like this was the last little scrap of Tamlin might be still in like in there and willing to fight for her. And then the whole thing with Lucian happens. And I'm like, fuck that shit. No, like, I agree with yeah. that. But I, the, I agree. I think there's a little bit there, but not enough.
1: So last week we named the episode Tamlin, you ignorant slut. Maybe that- we should also name this episode, Tamlin, you ignorant slut
0: yeah. <laughs> two. 2.0. He's still an ignorant <laughs> slut. No, I totally agree with that. Like, you know, he has this opportunity and continues from this point on right to have multiple opportunities to show pharah that he cares about her that he loves her that he is going to try to help her he is trying to help her and he just doesn't do any like Because here's the thing amarantha doesn't buy his
2: shit
1: well also right. you know he knows amarantha is not going to kill him Right. The worst Lucian gets is the worst Lucian gets is twenty lashes, which don't get me wrong, I'm sure that's horrific. But like he's not gonna die. Why can't he stick up for her?
0: Everyone else does. Yeah. See, that's that's where I'm like, I do think that he is concerned about her i think that he feels just concerned, not enough to be like but no he's, no he's
1: he's back there going no stop right just like stop, i mean it, I, re- I do back.
0: though like i think that he is concerned about her but he just doesn't do anything and that to me because on- he needs honestly, to grow a pair that's my worse.
1: worst enemy could be in the pit
0: and i would jump up and be like it's coming from your left but yeah. see that's that's my big problem with tamlin at this point in the books right is that To me, it's worse to feel concern and just ignore it and and not do anything anything than to not care at all. That's been
1: his whole M.O. his entire life.
0: Well, that's true, but we don't know that. I'm just thinking like from in this point in the books, in the series, right? Like if you've only read this part of the first book, there's a lot of backstory that you find out later that you don't know yet. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Um, But no, I, I don't think that he's like unfeeling, but I think he's lazy, a yeah, dumbass, I lazy. yeah I think he's lazy yeah no I, 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 I agree with that
2: I think he's lazy and I think he's honestly not smart enough to figure out what he needs to do so like
1: but Lucian hates her and jumps up and says to your left resand. Mm. Is very confused about her and goes, oh, well, I guess mm. she found out the worm is blind. Like, yeah, and yeah. Tamlin literally sits there, just lets sits there, Amarantha yeah. play chicken with him,
0: <laughs> like they're it's, middle schoolers. It's so interesting to me, the, the dynamic with Lucian versus the dynamic with Tamlin, because my initial thought when I think about Lucian and, you know, why would he do that for her? i 'm like, okay, well, Lucian feels indebted to her, right? If only for giving her name instead of letting resand like mess yeah. with his mind. And then I'm like, well, but why wouldn't Tamlin also feel that for her? You know what I mean? Like to feel some kind of, I owe you because of this, that or whatever, like he should 1000% feel that. I so almost, that makes it worse. Yeah. You know, I'll also
1: say someone she has never met in her entire life. Lucian's mother mm. comes later and helps her. Yeah. And I know that and says Tamlin's being watched all the time. He's not being watched whenever she's in bed with and, Like mm. there's, he has to pee sometime, right? right. Like, there's no way, like he could have sent someone to give her a message. He could have told Resan to give her a message for all he fucking. Well, I'm yeah. sure he would have thought that Resan would tell him Marantha. But right. like, there are so many things he could have done. He could have just
0: raised his eyebrow at her. Yeah. Right, That's all he needed to do. Yeah. So far, all we get is like a pale face and the He's ghost of tr- the poop oh, sweat. The oh, a wide of eyes. Back yeah almost imperceptible widening of his eyes. And it's just like, dude, again, maybe, maybe he had dust in his eye.
1: Like
0: (laughs) I am not giving him any credit. (laughs) No, I mean, I, and my whole thing is, I, I think that he feels things for her. I don't think that he's, like a sociopath that doesn't care about her at all. But that again, I feel like that makes it worse because I do think that he thinks he loves her and I do think that he cares about her. So then it's like, dude, it's even worse than that. You don't do anything. Well, you know?
1: and I will say one of the most heartbreaking things, points in all of the books for me is when she realizes all of this in book two and she starts crying because she says like how did I not see it and that's when you really as a reader also go oh holy fuck right but it like I have cried both times I've read that scene and I'm just like this is how, and we've said this many times, this is how abuse happens. Yeah. You know, it doesn't just happen one day and then like
0: it never gets better. It, it comes and goes. In layers. And right. sometimes I worry about myself <laughs> and my like mental health because I'm like, well, but he does love her. And it's like, okay, Whitney. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but i'll also say you are really good at seeing the the goodness in people yeah. and i don't ever want you to lose that so like that's not Thanks. that's not a a failure on your part or even a negative part of your personality it's actually a very positive part of your personality and you give people the benefit of the doubt whereas yeah. i'm like you're dead to me yeah. well and beyond that it makes for a very interesting character
2: if you think there's more conflicting values with him
0: Yeah, if it's just like a one-dimensional, he's a sociopath that doesn't care about anybody but himself or whatever. I mean,
1: he he obviously does care about other people. He just does not have the determination or drive or balls to stand up to anybody. Like, he just doesn't. He is, I mean, as much as we say like, oh, well, he sent Pharaoh away to protect her. Yes, he did. But he's always done things in his best interest. No one else's.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's true. Yeah. Well, let's move on to Resand. Mm. Resand.
1: Yeah. So sassy Resand, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yeah. So Feyre breaks her arm, and I'd forgotten about this. Her bone is sticking yeah, out of I her know. skin.
0: And she sits like that for days. And she's sitting there trying to will herself to
2: heal. Like, it just breaks my heart.
0: No, this isn't a fever. This is an infection. Everything's fine. Like, no, honey. It's not. Yeah, it's not. And so Rhysand shows up and is basically like, ooh, girl, (laughs) you are in rough shape. And he offers to help her if she'll make a bargain with him, right? And so he basically says, I will heal your arm. For... I think at first he says three weeks out of every two. month. He says two. two. Weeks. So two like weeks. half a year. Half of her time. I was yeah. reading
1: it and I was like, she doesn't go half That's the time. That's what I did
0: too. Yeah. Two weeks. And then um they go back and forth she bargains with them yeah I love that. she says i can't remember she, she says five days or something five or she, days yeah and, he and says then he says ten, ten, 10 days and she says how about a week and, yeah. and i just know inside his own head Briand sand is like i will literally take just seven one, day. Yeah. one day not a even month. a day like i'll take <laughs> yeah. whatever you can give me well can we talk a little bit about
1: deals and bargains in the fae world because we see this in a lot of books and anyone that is listening to this podcast or any podcast that has the word nerd in it it, knows that bargains in the Fey world are, are never a positive thing and even alice earlier in the book tells her don't make any bargains even if your life depends on it you know don't do this don't do this and this is the second bargain she's made so amarantha like i don't really feel like she had a choice and ultimately she didn't really have a choice here either when it comes down to it yeah but i wanted to talk Wait, a little amarantha
0: no no Pharah. she didn't have a Choice with Amarantha's bargain, oh, okay,
1: and then she really didn't have a choice with Reeseans either okay. because she knew she was getting an infection, right. right? Okay, so a little bit of backstory on Faye and bargains. So, a lot of people say that deals and bargains are the foundation of Faye survival, which makes sense, right? We hear about this a lot, and then some Faye, some types of Faye, are unable to give anything away for free, and there must always be a balance. So, I have a question for you guys. Do you, if Resand was one of those phases, there had to be a balance. Do you feel like him saving her life is equal to one week a month? Like, is that a balanced bargain? Or to your point, would he have taken, you have 30 minutes a month?
0: Yeah, no, I don't think that's balanced at all. I think he would literally have taken, I was actually just thinking, not only would he have taken literally anything, he would have figured out a way to heal her whether she took the bargain or not. Right. 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 He wasn't going to let her die. Right. And you know, of course she doesn't know that. And as the reader, you don't know that yet either. Uh, I would be interested to see that play out though. Like if she just straight up refuses him, how is he going to heal her anyway? He
1: does kind of help her realize that you realize no one else is coming. Hamlin can't come. Lucian's not been. And that's when we find out Lucian's actually been whipped. Right. So we don't know how bad Lucian's beating was. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she, he pretty much helps her and the reader understand like, I might literally be your only hope. They don't really care if you die down here. Yeah. Right. So, um, Back to the bargain. So you will find, and and I was trying to think of a book where this was different, and I can't find one. So fae use their abilities with words often to give the upper advantage. So they rarely put their bargains into writing to ensure that the fae have room to use misleading language and to change the bargain language. Right. So much like Amarantha not saying when she would release everyone if favor won the trials right which favor realizes too late and she's like oh fuck <laughs> well at least if i figure out this riddle that has a one word answer l-o-v-e i'll be able to get out of here
0: well and also Resand, you know doesn't specify when the weeks are going to start and when he can show up you know he yeah other than when this trials business is over right and he interrupts her wedding (laughs) to start her first week at the night
1: court. so according to and i do not know how to pronounce this and i'm assuming it's gallic so if someone can tell us that would be super rad but it's L-A-I-R-B-H-A-N, which is probably like Fernanagan or something, because Gallic <laughs> is just so, like, I, and, and I've, I've read that learning, like, U.S. English is the hardest language to learn, but I don't know how to pronounce that, so someone please tell us, so dot com has some recommendations um, when it comes to bargaining with the Fae, so number one, start small, don't ask for immortality, <laughs> maybe ask for them to get rid of your infection, Number two is bribe them. So when it comes to Faye, nothing is ever free. And if something's not offered in payment up front, Faye may set a payment later on and say that you owe them a favor. So owing a favor to a Faye, according to this person, is like owing a favor to the mob, which I'm like, Ooh, it kind of is. Yeah. I mean, if you think yeah. about it. Number three, and we see Fayra do this in both of her bargains, negotiate. Ask yourself why they want what they want. And it's also okay to say no to a demand, which again, like you're probably so scared shitless. You're like, okay, please just don't kill me. Right. Right. Number four, have good manners, but never say thank you. Thank you implies a favor and that you still owe them a debt. Hmm. Number five, keep things tidy if you want to go into a bargain with the Faye. So the way that people used to keep Faye away is they would piss on their land.
0: And I'm like,
1: and I wrote down, we know women didn't figure that one out. Like women don't just like, I'm just going to piss on it. That was definitely a guy thing. And number six, have an escape plan or backup plan because shit's going to go sideways, even in the best deals. And we see this in both of these deals. Know when to run or when to bluff. And it also says, know how far you're willing to go to get out of a deal. Are you willing to kill someone? Are you willing to hurt people around you to get out of this deal? Yeah. So I thought his were really, really great on getting out of a bargain. I found another one. Layla A.M. Martin, she's a fantasy author, has four tips on how to bargain with the Fae. Number one, don't. <laughs> Number two. Seriously, don't. <laughs> number three, don't assume anything, she says. Bargains are always more beneficial for the Fae. And be sure to work out every detail possible in the bargain. And then number four... But really, just don't. <laughs> <laughs> and and we, like, she's been warned by Alice. Um, both of these bargains do bite her in the ass in different ways, yeah. right? It's definitely more beneficial for the Fae. But, I mean, do you feel like she ultimately had a choice with Rhysand? I mean, you're saying he probably would have come back and healed her. But she still thinks he's a villain.
0: Right. Yeah. She doesn't know that. I think that ultimately he was going to help her no matter what. He would have figured out a way to but that's help her. knowing what we already know about exactly. him. Exactly. Yeah, from her perspective yeah there's i don't think she thinks she has a choice at all because he's ultimately like right yeah about nobody else coming to help her
2: uh, did he have to be that evil like did he have to twist the bone in her arm i, I, thought was, I was forgotten about that i, wrote I thought that it down. was a little overkill like i, I wrote that down was like yikes
0: yeah i wrote that down as one of the examples of resand doing something really bad that I feel like the fandom kind of bends over backwards. Oh, to try if Tamlin had
1: done this at this point in the book, we oh, would have lost our shit. Everybody yeah. would be rioting 100% in the I agree yeah. with you. Like, yeah. was
2: it necessary? Is, I, that's sort of what I was thinking. Like, was I it necessary? necessary? I would, I would say, say no. Also. I would
0: say no. I think that... I think he obviously thought it was necessary or he wouldn't have done it, right. first of all. Knowing what we know about Resand as a character, right? Um, I think that that was just the quickest way to get her to agree. And that was his ultimate goal he was to get her to frustrated agree. with her. So maybe mm-hmm. that was part of that frustration. I maybe, I don't know. but no, I did write that down too. Cause I thought that that was too far. It was I was excessive. I do not like that. He did that. I
1: wonder if, if, cause I'm looking in my book right now, I wonder if he was in her mind that, At that point, she didn't know. Because he says, how much are you willing to risk on the hope that another form of help will come? And it says, I stared at him, sending as much hate as I could into my gaze. He'd been the one who'd caused all of this. He told Amarantha about Claire, and he'd made Tamlin beg. And then she said, go to hell. And that's when he did it. So." I mean, I'm with you. It kind of sounds like she pissed him off, which yes. is not cool. Yes. Um, but he also could have been in her mind going like, well, she's not going to fucking believe me. So, But it does right. not make it okay. He should yeah. not because have done that. Because
2: he keeps doing it. Like, he does it more than once. Like, I feel does like. He? I think so. I think he does it. And then he does one more at the end, I feel like she says. I don't know. I just... It seems very excessive for what he's trying to do. And I get what he's trying to do. Believe yeah. me. I get that she needs to... And she needs to hate him, too. And I get that also. Right. But she kind of already does. And I feel like mm-hmm. it goes a little over mm-hmm. the top.
0: Well, and I, I I did feel for him a little bit just from the perspective of, like, I'm trying to keep her safe. And part of that is I need her to hate me. And I need her to not trust me because that's how everybody sees me. And I need everybody to keep seeing me like that. And so I don't know if he... I don't know if that played a part in him hurting her, but I don't like that that happened and that that's something that like just isn't talked about ever again.
2: I mean, yeah, and he never says I did that
0: because blah, he blah, blah. explains a lot of stuff yeah. and that's not one of them. Yeah. And I don't like I wish that, you know, if you're going to give us a resand POV and explain all mm-hmm. this stuff that happened, like.
1: Well he does a lot Throw that one in there He does a lot of bad shit Honestly So maybe Sarah J. MASH Just forgot That he did (laughs) that. She she couldn't keep up Or she was like
2: God I can't think of another Excuse for that shit So I'm just gonna like Sweep that one out of the rug
0: One thing that I did Notice that I really Really liked Was she was thinking about Whether or not She should take the bargain Like is Tamlin worth it Like yes I think he is And she thought about Nesta Like if she was thinking about Who who would take that bargain For her Yeah And she immediately Thought Nesta would Which again And I'm like, she spent that whole stupid paragraph talking about like, I'm so proud to be Elaine's sister. But every time, you know, Mm -hmm. the crap hits the fan, she's thinking about about Nesta and how Nesta would come through for her. And so I just wanted to point that out nesta is fantastic
1: (laughs) yeah elaine's not gonna go down into a worm she would be like
0: oh "Oh, no here's a flower again like bayra is the only human character that that as a human could do that trial like i don't i don't think anybody else could have done that um and then one other red flag before we move on to her tasks um the last red flag that i wrote down for this section was you know (laughs) resand brands her arm basically right like she's got this big black tattoo like all over her with the arm. eyeball goes, on her it hand. goes with the eyeball into on her the bargain
1: hand. though because one of the things i did yes. read about fay bargains is there's always some sort of visible mark with the fay bargain yes. and she says you didn't tell me that was part of the bargain and he goes well, you, he, didn't, you didn't ask, ask. exactly right. is the eye but she, here's the thing though she did ask well what what
0: flesh this out for me please. well't necessarily a term it's not specific enough of a I question. guess so but but yeah. I mean, right.
2: she was like well what else is um, um, you know what else is going on and I love how he's like well I'm not gonna tell you that wouldn't be very fun yeah there's <laughs> no fun in that
1: right and we forget these fae can lie right oh, yeah. so you know yeah. if this was the true Karl Prince like Cardin can't say anything that yes. he doesn't mean you know yes but um Whitney because I know that you'll know this can he see through the eye tattooed on her
0: hand? I don't know that we're ever explicitly told. Cause she
1: keeps saying it's kind of like one of those f- creepy paintings that follows you around yeah. the room.
0: We are given several details throughout the under the mountain section and the beginning of mist and fury where it seems like the eye is reacting to her and reacting to yeah. things that are happening. But I don't know if he actually sees her through it or if that's just like a visual representation of their bond. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure. I think that he can probably see through it, but I think he sees a lot more through the bond and that maybe like I think the eye is his way of like hiding the bond um that from other sense. from her and from other people. I see, but I don't okay. think we're ever hold yeah one way or the other right um but i did want to say about her tattoos on her arm she freaks out immediately and is like oh crap tamlin is going to be so pissed yeah she's like tamlin's going to lose his right? shit and i'm just like "Red flag, right well okay he literally cannot be bothered to show any kind of But feeling. you're worried about him seeing your tattoo yes like you know you literally just got thrown into like the pit of despair right and could have died, almost died. Why didn't Tamlin go to Resan and go, if you go heal her, I'll make a bargain with you. Yeah, I'll exactly. owe you a favor. You know, yeah, uh, I'll right. do something high for High lord you. to high lord. Exactly. Or anybody. Like, he could have said yeah. that to Lucian. Lucian has power back, right? Lucian's like, mom was able to get Lucian's to her. Lucian's mom yeah. was able to get to her, like i feel like probably any of the high lords would have been able to get to her if tamlin had a relationship with any of them you know what i mean (laughs) yeah well they're all kind of pissed
1: off at him because they've been tortured for 49 years so maybe maybe he tried we'll give him the benefit
0: of the doubt maybe but whoa yeah what happened to deborah
1: (laughs) i've had cocktails
0: (laughs) i'll give him the benefit of the doubt and like hell froze over (laughs) I'm feeling very generous. <laughs> uh, so the rest of the section um, in these chapters is Feyre's... She's got two tasks that I'm assuming are coming from Amarantha, ultimately. Well, yeah, they're the
1: household tasks she told her she'd have to do to earn her right. keep. Right.
0: We don't hear from Amarantha in this yeah. in these tasks, but um, her lackeys basically tell Feyre, you have to do this, you have to do that. So the first... Task that she's given is she's supposed to basically like mop a floor that's super dirty, but the water is Already enchanted, yeah. basically to like to turn get it dirtier and yeah. dirtier and dirtier. So it's like an impossible task, right? And so this is what you alluded to earlier, Deb, about Lucian's mom comes in and does magic on the water Can to make I point it clean. Out too,
1: this is like a mother he's not talked to in how many years? <laughs> I know, I'd forgotten we don't about know this how part. Many years. Right, and like it's so like and we know that lucian's not his dad's son mm-hmm. right his dad that's in the court mm-hmm. and so she is coming from a place of love i like i can't imagine as a mother the amount of guilt that you feel over not being able to speak to your child mm, yeah so she is so thankful to pharah for you know saying her name so that lucian would be spared even though yes quite frankly so far lucian's the only one that's taken anything for her Mm -hmm. under the mountain yeah yeah so far and i mean he is the one that most vehemently has said he hates her
2: Uh, true yeah that's true maybe lucian loves her actions speak louder than Mm. words lucian
0: Ooh, that's an interesting maybe lucian loves her Mm. but and lucian is his mom's favorite child because he is the child with the person that she actually loves and not her husband. And
1: who is that? Do we know, um, remind me? Helion.
0: That's yeah. right. Which we don't know that until book three. But he is, he is her favorite. And so she basically helps Feyre enchant the water or unenchants the water, I guess, makes it clean instead right. of enchanted to be dirty so that she can actually finish that task. Right.
2: I wanna talk a little bit about the description of Lady Autumn because it kinda of harkens back to what you were talking about last week about the adder and the amaranth and the descriptions and how they move. I just thought it was beautiful and such a beautiful picture when she described um, her voice as sweet as sun warmed apples Mm. and then she said i could have sworn this is as she's leaving i could have sworn i smelled roasting chestnuts and crackling fires in her wake
1: have you ever had a fresh apple off a tree when it's warm like that it like it is literally the sweetest juiciest decadent thing you can have and it, I mean, it really does paint a picture. Yeah. I mean, I've, as, as far as like painting pictures of what autumn would be if it was
0: personified, mm-hmm. I think that was just beautiful. And idyllic too, right? Yeah. Like the ideal, like romanticized well, autumn. Well, and she
1: is supposed to be this very classy, romantic woman, right? Yeah. That has had to give up a lot of shit for
0: her court. Just yeah. like most women do in their lives. Mm-hmm. We're not bitter about it. <laughs> <laughs> So then task two is the the lackeys, the guards, uh, you know, I don't know how to say the lesser faith. Cronies the is cronies. what call them. Oh yeah, thank you. The cronies take Feyre to this room that's real bare bones and there's like... Except it, for the black sheep. It even she says, says, does anyone even sleep Yes, in it here? looks like nobody even lives there. And they said, somebody spilled a bunch of lentils in the fireplace. You need to find all the lentils. And so it seems pretty clear that the fireplace is enchanted to constantly right. keep having new lentils right like you'll never be finished picking them out and they threaten her in the first task i think with putting her on the spit and like rotating her over the fire and then for the second task they say the the owner of this room will like peel the skin off of your body yeah and then the owner of the room ends up being re-sand and we're all can we
2: talk about how awesome his
0: (laughs) his entrance was he knows (laughs) how to make an (laughs) entrance appears out of
2: the shadows (laughs) or whatever sideways on the bed with his head. I, like i see him like
1: in this like the burt reynolds pose.
0: Yes. yes well and he's like i love seeing you in my room but why are you in the fireplace <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> so here it's the first time though that he calls her pharah darling i know i, I wrote know. that down somewhere. i wrote hearts around it because it says as wonderful it, as it is to see you pharah darling do
0: I want to know why you're digging
2: through my fireplace? <laughs> yeah.
1: I love Sassy
2: Resand.
0: I know. Well, and so she tells him, you know, they sent me here to do this and he's like, that's so stupid. And so he uses his magic to clean it up himself. Right. And, uh, at the end of the section, when they come back to get her, uh, the cronies, Resand does his, uh, what is it? Mm Daymati power to tell them, like, stop giving her these stupid jobs. Quit messing with her. Don't touch her. And if you do, I'm going to you, you kill yourself, gut yourself. Um, And so I wanted to talk a little bit about that interaction because they have a little bit of a conversation, right? So main level or base level, he helps her just like Autumn, the Lady of Autumn Court did, mm-hmm. right? But the Lady of Autumn Court helped her because she felt that she owed her, kind of the bargain right. thing that you were just talking about, right? Like, you saved my son. She so even says my debt is so owed. My, do- yeah. my debt is paid, right? Like, I owe you, so I'm going to help you with this, and now I'm done with you. And she doesn't talk to her, like, ever again, right? right? And so, Sand is helping her in Favor's mind for no good reason, Yeah. Right. Like he's and we know they don't give things for free. Right. We know why he's helping her because he loves her Mm -hmm. and he knows that she's his mate. Right. But favor doesn't know that. But not only does he help her, he also protects her from the cronies by telling them, don't mess with her. And Mm -hmm. if you do kill yourself.
1: And then she gets hot meals every day after that. Yeah, that's true. She gets actual
0: food. Yeah.
2: What? Here's my question about that. What does Amarantha think about that? If she's the one giving her these tasks and making her do this stupid stuff, and then all of a sudden it stops?
1: I assume she doesn't know that, the, that he somehow made sure that the cronies wouldn't tell her that it wasn't happening well
0: and i assume too that amarantha is not necessarily like today make her go mop the floor with this i feel like amarantha probably was like mess with her when you feel like it scare the shit out of her make her do stupid crap that she can't possibly do and that's what and they thought that was yeah that was just their so it's not necessarily like well you were supposed to go do this today how come that didn't happen you know I just think Maybe. it's weird.
2: I don't know. I just feel like you know we talk about Amarantha and how she just kind of knows what everybody's doing and she's got her thumb on everything and she's got everybody on a short leash. For the record,
1: I don't think she does. She doesn't know everything Reese doing doing. Well, I know she doesn't, but I mean, I think she keeps them. She keeps them all on a sh- pretty short leash. But I feel leash. like she no, is so evil. She's consistently concocting a plan to like mess with someone. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't have time to worry about one well, person. Well, and all the, the time. only
2: thing I thought about was. That maybe she's just so arrogant that she doesn't think I that anybody think. would do that. and I so think that's, that's where I went it. with it. I just thought I, it was just something I questioned. I also questioned, like, do you think Resan really didn't know that they were doing that stuff to her?
0: I get, maybe not because if Amarantha is not giving specific yeah. daily, it makes me
2: think that Amarantha assignments. I
0: guess I always thought that Amarantha
2: was. Um, It just told him a lot of stuff, but I guess she's just taking
0: sex and that's it. I think that she does tell him some stuff because in book two, when he
1: talks a real thing, they talk about it on true crime podcasts all the time. Like right after sex, people like just, Oh, they say whatever the fuck they want. Yeah.
0: Well, in book two, Rhysand tells Feyre that he was really good at his job and he was able to mess with Amarantha's mind at least to make her think that he was really into it, just like she was, right? right? And so he is able to trick her, make her think things that aren't true. True. So it's the—I mean—it's possible to me that he would be able to like make Amarantha forget something or make her think something happened when it actually didn't. If he's able to make her think, well, that and he here's wants the thing her, too, you know. So
2: then that makes that whole thing with Tamlin, where he's quote unquote guarded all the time, but he can't get to her, makes that even worse because obviously reese can get can break away and do stuff and he's i mean i feel like he's sort of she kind of knows what he's doing his every move as well so it just makes me hate tamlin more
1: (laughs) yeah i mean yeah reese also is probably anyone when he's like on his way he's like you don't remember this like that is true i want to do you think he can damati
0: amarantha he does he does, at least in making her think that he... Oh, in the bed. In yeah, the like he makes her believe that he wants her, that he is into the sex, that he is, so, you So know. then I guess as powerful
2: as he is, even with the shred of scrap of magic, he can't do anything to
0: get rid of her? I don't think that he believes that he can do it by himself okay. because he tried to do it by himself before and it didn't work. Well, twice. and he knows
1: he really doesn't have any allies because they all think he's That's a horrible true. person. Yeah. Right. That's true. Right. So he can't get help and he's, because he's made it that
0: way. He's not willing to go get the people that actually are right. his Cause allies. Right. Because he doesn't want to sacrifice him. Right. So
1: we, I have a friend that listens to the podcast and she messaged me the other day and she said, you know, I'm noticing in these books that the sexual abuser is always a woman. Hmm. And I was like, huh, I hadn't really thought about it that way. And we don't really see much of, we see it a little bit of recent trauma of the rape, right? Yeah. Essentially. And it makes me think about that scene in Outlander after the um, what is, what does she call herself? Um, the redheaded chick whenever she rapes young Ian, right? Whenever the Bakra. Oh, so he yeah, gets yeah, taken yeah. by the pirates and yeah. They're taken to her and she's trying to find her sapphires, right? And she's essentially making these virgins fuck her. And he says, well, I'm not a virgin. And she says, well, at least you'll know what you're doing. And then like like two seasons later, he breaks down about it, yeah. about how he was forced into this rape. And, you know, he talks to Jamie about it because Jamie's also been raped. And I'm thinking about Sand not really probably being able to go to pharah about it because Mm. it's like well you were tortured and almost died and i looked like i was having fun (laughs) The whole, like you know what i mean so it doesn't touch on that very much and i wonder if it ever will that's a tough subject matter to tackle well
0: and you know what's interesting to me about that is that the one the only person that we're aware of that has any kind of understanding about that is nesta Who like she and Reese like hate each other? Yeah, because they're so similar. (laughs) (laughs) They have really similar personalities and really they're both strong personalities. Yeah, Yeah. and I just I I don't know. I want to say that I hope that gets explored, but at the same time, I don't want it to be you know what I mean like that's it's a touchy subject and that's hard to I feel like that's really hard to, hard do hard to, do to well. write yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah
1: and and like it could be I mean I'm sure some of this is very triggering for fans right and right. I I do wonder if she stays away from that to make sure that she's kind of keeping her fans safe too yeah. Sarah yeah. J Maas not Nesta
0: <laughs> <laughs> although Nesta would want to keep people safe she would. only a few people though <laughs> um in that conversation with Rhysand and Feyre in his room he tells her I I just noticed a couple things he tells her some very intimate personal facts about himself he shows her um his wings and talons a little bit of that beast form mm-hmm. which is part of what makes me think that he has no control over what the beast form is like you were asking earlier, because he tells her on more than one occasion, I think that he really does not like, to go into that beast form he doesn't like that like monster and I feel like if he could change that form he would right. to make well, it more palatable for the, him you know if you've
1: read all the books you know that Cassian and Azriel like they have their wings out at all times mm-hmm. and so if resand was cool with the beast form he would too right Right, his right. buddies do but he hides them away most right. of the time yeah right also because he's powerful enough to do so I mean we read about how Cassian can't get comfortable in like the chairs in the <laughs> human world and stuff so yeah. because sand can hide it maybe he's like well i'm not gonna fuck with all that (laughs) um he he doesn't hide it though when he wants fair to stroke them mm Wow, how interesting (laughs) um i never would have thought wing membranes could be so hot
0: (laughs) uh (laughs) he explains to fair a little bit about himself and some of the things that he's done because she calls him out like you know you brought that head to the spring court and he's like amarantha made me do that that wasn't me that was her um and he does does her task for her and commands the guards to leave her alone and i just noticed you know we talked a lot about how long it took Tamlin to be vulnerable with Feyre at all and to share anything about his life anything personal about himself and Rhysand is just like automatically like here's one of my deepest darkest secrets uh, this beast form that I really really hate here I'll show you (laughs) right and it's just he's so different from Tamlin well that was a that had a dual purpose too though because I
2: think that would freak her out a little bit more and realize how powerful he is as well.
0: But well, I think yeah, also
1: true. he had no one he could talk to. Right. True. So it was nice to have someone and he was trying to build her trust. Ultimately. Yeah. Yep. So, Hey, I'm going to share this super personal thing with you that I can't talk to anyone else about. And I feel like fair is really the only person that knows how much power he has left.
0: No, I think that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause he's hiding it from everybody else. Right.
1: right. Why would he, why would he show that? And think right?
0: about how much, his life is
2: walking on eggshells so he's trying really hard to like build trust with pharaoh but he's got to keep up this ruse that he's you know an asshole that's a fine i mean that's two very different things like if you can't be an asshole to somebody and then gain their trust so you got to think about how mentally exhausting that is Mm -hmm. to try to walk that fine line um it i mean you know, I think that's that's a little sad to me.
0: Which again is another parallel I think between Resand and Nesta. When we talked about Nesta all the inner turmoil and mental stuff that she's struggling with because she wasn't glamored and right. Elaine and her dad both were. And like, you know, and is the same way, right? Like he's got all this stuff in his head that nobody knows is happening mm-hmm. and he's by himself completely isolated. Yeah. And again, it's like Nesta knows what that is like, but you guys hate each other. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I guess you won't be helping each other out. Um, and the only other thing I noticed or noted about Rhysand in this section is he has put himself in a position to be able to basically snap his fingers and help Feyre without retribution, without really worrying about it. Like, you know, where's Tamlin? Tamlin could probably use the excuse of like, well, I was worried about you. I, I you know, I didn't want to make things worse. I didn't want to make Amarantha more upset, whatever. Like I can see Tamlin very easily and Lucian on his behalf, very easily arguing you know, it would have been worse, right? Yeah. And Resand has put himself in a position where, like, I got, I got you. Like, yeah. I'll take care of you, and it's not going to get worse. I want
1: to point out, though. Again, I feel like we've talked about this like five weeks in a row. It's- Tamlin showing no emotion in these scenes when he stabbed himself with his own claws earlier yep. in the book. Yeah. It's not like he learned willpower.
0: Whenever he went under the mountain,
1: right? So, like, it literally, you know, goes back to that like laziness. I am not, I can't show emotion, and I get that, right? I get that a little bit, but at the same time, I'm going to disconnect myself so much that whenever you said something to me, I stabbed myself. But in this, it's like eh, my eyes widened. (laughs) I will say, I will say, and I'm not.
2: I'm definitely not like. Being on Tamlet's side here, but I will say taking it out of the context, when you're in a traumatic situation like that, it is a lot easier to block out the shit. That's true. That's true. Let's say that. Thank you. uh, Yeah, because, you know, if you're, you know, all the people that go through therapy that have to do hypnotism or whatever to get that out because they blocked that out. I, I, that's the only excuse I can even think of that he's just ser- seriously just trying to block it
1: that's out of an his important mind call out for mental health. Like, yeah. thank you for saying that.
0: Well, that's, that's kind of where I always go back to when I think about Tamlin, right. And how complex of a character he is. And because he is also a victim in this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that, that's really where I struggle with like, what should I really be mad about? And why should I really? And there's a lot of stuff to be upset with him about. Well, and I've said this a
1: million times. Technically, I'm a victim and I don't do this kind of shit. No,
0: that's true. But you have to be
1: willing to get help and you have to have someone you can confide in. Like some people can never get help. And like, I also want to say that, right? right? Yeah. Like I have lived a privileged enough life to to have people that support me and to have a therapist and all of that and you right. have to want to get help too you do you right. do and you have to want to break the cycle and that's very very hard
0: well and the thing with tamlin is like we don't get his point of view like ever right we only ever see we don't want it we said that a million <laughs> well, times but i'm just saying like we don't get his pov we only see or hear what's going on from all these other characters' perspectives. Yeah. And so and they we all have, hate him, too. We yeah. have to just make a bunch of assumptions about Tamlin, which may or may not be correct with what Sarah J. Mass is thinking when she's writing. You right. know what I mean? And so that's why I'm always like, uh, like feeling wishy-washy, I guess, about Tamlin. Because I feel like unless I got a POV of Tamlin, I feel like I don't really have enough information to be definitive of like you suck you suck (laughs) or no you don't and here's why either way you know what i mean that's why I, that's why i always sound like sometimes i hate him and sometimes i don't i kind of right? feel like i do that too well, like,
1: every, we've said this a million times too every character in these books is morally gray oh yes, for sure some of them are more evil than others yes. but everyone yeah. is messed up in these books yes. Yes. even Farah
0: which yes. speaks even to like, honest,
1: which speaks to reality like mm. nobody is perfect
2: um excuse me except for deborah <laughs> i'm far from it y'all <laughs> um you know and so we i'm not going to say everybody's morally gray but i am mean, I mean, everybody struggles with that. We kind of so, like, are, though, you yeah. know, and so it just makes it more real to me. Like, if you can take this world where there's fairies and all this like fantastical stuff, and make it feel like emotionally it could happen, mm-hmm. it's kind of amazing. Again, she's a brilliant writer. I just, um, just love her writing.
0: It's kind of the same thing we talked about a few weeks ago when we did the Supernatural Christmas episode about it's this world setup where it's pretty fantastical and not super realistic with the supernatural elements, but it's the relationships yes. and it's the human nature that grounds but it. But a
1: good writer gets you to understand and believe in their rules. And yes. that's, that's why I love fantasy literature so much because you can write about a relationship, right? Like we all read, um, it starts with us a few weeks ago and all loved it. Right. And I'm not saying that that's not brilliant writing. I, I'm not a huge, um coho fan Mm -hmm. but i love those two books and i did read verity but having like getting into a fantasy world and going here's the rules they're different from anyone else's wings are hot wingspan also (laughs) equates to bde and it's the same thing in like the cruel prince like you don't care that cardin has a tail Right. And there's all these books coming out now where like the trigger warning is like they're monster fuckers. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? But like to get you to understand these people in terms of like personality instead of like what they look like or what they do, I think is amazing writing. And and yeah. that's why I will always read this type of book. And I, I read to escape. I know not everyone does that. No,
0: I do too. Um the only other thing I really wanted to talk about was just a little paragraph from chapter 54 of court of mist and fury um Rhysand doesn't have a ton to say about the first trial and the bargain specifically um but here's what he says about it when he tells Feyre later on so i watched your first trial pretending always pretending to be that person you hated when you were hurt so badly against the worm i found my way in with you a way to defy Amarantha to spread the seeds of hope to those who knew how to read the message and a way to keep you alive without seeming too suspicious and a way to get back at Tamlin to use him against Amarantha. Yes, but to get back at him for my mother and sister and for having you when we made that bargain, you were so hateful that I knew I had done my job well and I, That just makes me sad. I'm like tear. I know, (laughs) know. like he's he's helping Farah, and this kind of goes to that morally gray Mm -hmm. side of Resand, right? Like I'm gonna help you because I want you to be okay, and I I need you to help save my people, but I'm also gonna use you to like stick it to Tamlin, yeah, like bonus mom, stick it to Tamlin.
2: But she even realizes that in this. I forgot about that too. She even she mentions in here. She's like, you
0: know, he's of course he's just wants to Michael screw Tamlin. over Tamlin. Yeah. yeah. And she doesn't even know, like the, depth. she doesn't know the reason. Yes. And, like yeah. the depth of why they are the way that they are with each other. And she finds all that out later, um, in book two. But that just made me sad. Like, it's another one of those like, "Mm, that's really not great. Resand like you're made this person that you are going to come to love and be so, or already do love. And she's going to be so important to you. And you're like, and I used you to get back at this guy that I really hated. (laughs) That's a little rough, but yeah. Did you guys have anything else that you wanted to talk about? No. Well, let's do our nerdiest thing. Who wants to go first? Me? Thank you. Oh well, my nerdiest thing this week—it was my birthday, and my husband got me a hotel room to sit by myself in the quiet and read. And so that's Which what I sounds did. Fantastic! It was. Great. I did
1: fill you up with Cuban food and some cocktails. Yes, them, that's though. true.
0: They do have the happy hour with like free drinks, which was mm-hmm. great. But I told Robbie, I was like, that was awesome. Thank you so much. I would like that for my birthday and for Mother's Day and for and our Christmas. anniversary. <laughs> and for like just Your any... anniversary? Hey, yeah. for our anniversary, <laughs> let's not hang out. Let's <laughs> also, just... <laughs> don't
1: forget like at this specific hotel, the bartender for happy hour knows us as <laughs> the <is Book Club laughs> girls <laughs> yeah. because we go there there for our reading weekends and we yes. go, we don't miss free happy hour.
0: I mean, no, for good well, never. Sakes. Everybody came trickling down from their rooms. Yeah, they did. Happy hour. But it was really, really nice. I finished um, The Red Queen and What'd you think? I really liked it. Um, it's not Did
1: you understand my parallels that I told you to
0: diverge? in? Yes, I was Games? just about to say it isn't the most like unique story that I've ever read but I really like it. I like the characters. Um, it's a little bit more YA than it is you know, like Avatar than mm-hmm. compared to Agatar, But I really like it. And I'm about halfway through book two, which I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> um and then I'm gonna continue to say that I'm nerding out to the Callan May song by Taylor Ash.
1: Do you wanna tell everyone I that just rock
0: out to it about our time. cool news about her? I know, yeah. She's gonna come on the podcast for an interview in a couple of months. So, so I know. Weird. I'm really excited to talk to her. She's an Avatar fan as well. So <laughs> I mean obs. Obviously yeah. <laughs> That's me. That's my nerdiness. Mindy, you want to
2: go next? Yeah, I'll go next. So it was winter break for... And I work in a school. So I had like a few days before I started back to school. And I just like read for several hours every day, literally stayed on the couch. Um, and it sounds great. It was lovely. <laughs> so I did finish the pucked series by Helena hunting. So there's seven books in that. And then there's an eighth one called pucks and penalties. That's like outtakes and stuff like that. And within it is um, a little novella, I guess that's a crossover with one of her other worlds. And so I found out that Helena hunting also writes aside from hockey porn, tattoo
1: parlor porn. So I'm really excited about it.
2: Ooh, I want to read that. It's the Clipped Wings series. Clipped Wings. I tell my
1: husband, and he'll tell you this too, and you know, I think we've told you guys, he edits the podcast, but I'm like, if you had tattoos, we would have 11 children. (laughs) (laughs) What's it called
2: again? It's called the clipped wings series. That's the first book is clipped wings. But anyway, so I'm really excited to start that. And then the other thing that I had was um, podcast related actually. So I was coming home from stocking my kid up for college. Um, You know, we did a target run and stocked her up with food and whatnot. And my neighbor across the street who I found out recently does listen to to our podcast occasionally. I know. Shout out to Casey. (laughs) Um, he stopped me like he was like hey Mindy," and said that he just just to tell me that the etymology of amarantha was hilarious
1: (laughs) (laughs) what that she's a bitch (laughs) she's a bitch (laughs) so anyway i kind of like i was like oh that's so sweet (laughs) i love that Um, Okay, so mine is, so our nerdiest cocktail of the week is the Drunken Worm. Um, It's got some coconut rum and some blue carousel, and it's got gummy worms in it. So you're really going to want to eat it. And you could soak your gummy worms overnight in the alcohol. I'm just Mm. saying. You should do that. Um, And that's why we post them 24 hours in advance. (laughs) My other thing is last week, Whitney did announce our season two. It's going to be From Blood and Nash. And ever since we announced that, it's like all I can think about. <laughs> because, um, no offense to Sarah J, but From Blood and Nash is probably one of my top series of all time at this point. Um, I read it like 18 months ago, and I've read it four times since then. <laughs> it's, it's my Akatar for Whitney right now. <laughs> Um, but I got really inspired in my design shop to make these book nooks where he um gives her the pledge right mm-hmm. where he's like um essentially what does he say Wick? because you're so much better at this like than from me.
0: this moment to the last and moment
1: i'm yours yeah. and so like i i created these little book nooks for it and that's all i can fucking think about i'm mm-hmm. like i just need hawk in my life <sighs> so bad so i can't wait for those books i mean but having said that i'm sitting here thinking i'm gonna have to get wings and fury on audiobook because i'm not done with Akatar yet. Again. Mist and Fury. Mist and Fury. Thank you. What did I say? Wings and, Wings Fury? and Fury. Not Wings and Ruin. Not Wings and Fury. Yeah. Mist and Fury. You need
2: to tell them too what these book books are because they're really, really cool. Like,
1: Yeah, I'll have to post a picture with the podcast, but essentially it's like a little thing you would put on your bookshelf. It's got a spot for your glasses, but if you don't have glasses, you could put snacks there. It's got a spot for your favorite beverage. It holds a huge coffee mug and then it's got a spot to drape your book over it or to prop up your like reading device if you mm-hmm. use a Kindle. Um and super so, cool and like thank genius. You. Thank yeah, you. I, really cool. I actually just made a Cruel Prince one today too and my next one is going to be Throne of Glass. So um That'll I'll make awesome. some generic ones for the non nerds, right <laughs> now right now I'm just making nerd stuff. But I've been um I love when I love getting inspired by pop culture and I've been so inspired this week and I was really burnt out after Christmas from Christmas orders. Yeah. So it, it kind of revived me having our announcement for season two. Yay. So it's really yes. exciting.
0: Awesome. Well that is it for today's episode. Next week we will be talking about chapters 39 and 40. See you then. We're almost done. I know.
1: Bye. 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 For exclusive content to keep up with all things nerdy, follow us on Instagram at Our Nerdiest Thing. We post book reviews, what to read next, and our cocktail recipes. Have something nerdy that you'd like to share? Email us at OurNerdiestThing at gmail.com. This podcast is edited and produced by The Story Guides. Thanks for listening.